um, we definitely every time we came together with our, our uh, design and like yeah. being like okay let's let's go with this idea it was definitely over a good fish board so. <laughs> <laughs> each time real progress was made there was a fish board in between there was a fish board involved <laughs> in may of 2020 the citizens of richmond virginia took to the streets to protest racial inequality police brutality and the monuments to confederate generals that line our historical streets and city parks as a result, African-American artist and community activist Hamilton Glass chose to create a public art project that brings together artists from different cultural backgrounds to paint murals that start conversation and heal the divides between us. That project is called Mending Walls. Hey everyone, I'm Hamilton Glass. I'm sitting here with Ian C. Hess and Joe Arnice who are the first uh, the first muralist uh, to go in the Mending Walls project. You you guys had the, the pleasure of going in the Virginia Museum of History and Culture and uh, were the first of the 16 pieces for the Mending Walls project. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. So in these podcasts, we kind of get into kind of the nitty gritty, like the process of you guys being in this. Um, but before we do that, I really want to want you guys to kind of introduce yourselves and just let us know uh, uh, what you do and your styles and what you do here in Richmond. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my name's Ian C.S. I'm the creative director of Endeavor Studios, which is a studio art gallery here in Richmond, Virginia, for the past uh, four to five years now. And in my time here, I've found a career, thanks mostly to the crazy event that is First Fridays, uh, of having a career of being an artist, painter, muralist, illustrator, woodworker, as much as I can stuff in and learn uh, in the time here from brilliant artists, which this city is ripe with. Um, I'm constantly learning. And uh, I definitely recently learned from uh, Joe Arnese. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> oh wow, I gotta follow up on that. Okay. <laughs> I am Joe Warnese. I am a figurative uh portrait artist. Uh I like to paint narratives mainly of the human experience, things that anyone can relate to, but I do so through the feminine fi- figure um and feminine perspective. I just I'm a student of life. I enjoy art and I kind of fell into it as a therapeutic process for myself. And from there, it led me to meet Hamilton, who uh, taught me a lot about murals. So I'm debating whether or not I'm a muralist. (laughs) I think now you definitely are. There's no denying if it's in a museum. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So you guys, um, when I paired you guys up, it's funny because... I don't know. You guys are really the de- definition of true opposites, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, just because I know I know Jornice really well um, because she works with me every day. And Ian, we, we've just kind of like talked back and forth through casual meeting. Definitely. And whatnot. And I know, though, I don't actually, I don't know. I, actually, the times we've spoken have been about like you wanting to get into murals. But I know you've since done, since those conversations, you've done a couple. But so when I paired you guys up, I was really, really looking forward to it just because I feel like I don't know much about your mural. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like your mural styles. 
But what made you guys interested in the Mending Wall project in general? Like when I came and asked you to be a part of it, what was the attraction to it? Uh, well, t- at first, honestly, I found out about it thanks to social media, and I opened up the tab for the website. And it was late at night, so I'm like, eh, I'll check it out tomorrow. And uh, the next day, you called me, and you were like, what do you think? <laughs> so immediately, I was immediately uh, like, I-, I guess I have to research more into this. But, I mean, you told me a bit about it, and everything that uh, I was doing at Endeavor Studios was very much collaborative. And it's one of those things that I've had the opportunity of collaborating with, like, Emily Herr and Nils and uh, definitely Eli McMullen and Christina Wing Chow, that they – uh, I learned more about just art making in general from finding out what I wasn't doing from other people, what I was doing right or things that I should totally scrap doing or things that I need to pick up from someone who has done it way more than I have. And so just the act of collaborating in general, especially with, in my opinion, like high stakes like mural making is, especially in a permanent space, to pick up as much as possible from people from different backgrounds, different skill sets, and uh, different visions. Um, So the moment I heard that this project was collaborative and you get to work with someone else on on a big wall, and not only that, but it also has uh, immense implications as far as what we're talking about as a city, how the city's being seen, and who is being invited in the conversation. I mean, just right off the back, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I want to do that. Cool, cool. What about you, Joe? Honestly, it was um, really just the thought that I could make an impact on the overall conversation that the city is all having, the world is having at the moment regarding just the tension and the unspoken, I guess, taboo topics that deals with racial racial affairs, racial anything. Um, we just kind of act like it doesn't exist, even though it's a very prevalent thing at least on in my mind, and I can, I'm sure many will agree that it's on theirs. And for me, like I said, I like to explore the human experience anyway. So doing so in front in, and knowing that I would get in front of an audience that would be willing and open to hearing anything that I needed to express on the topic was exciting for me. Um, it was a challenge that I welcomed because it, it forced me to become vulnerable with Topics that I normally don't like to speak about out loud. I don't like being uncomfortable, and that's exactly what this project forced me to do. Um, I think it was a a healthy challenge that we all needed to do, and it's not fair for me to expect others to do it without me willing to do it as well. That's a good point. I actually feel the same way. Like, even in starting this project, like, knowing that you're going to have to speak up and not kind of hide behind the art is, is really one of the things that made me made me have anxiety around this project. So when you guys learned that you guys were going to be paired up and know that you needed to start this conversation, kind of walk us through that. Like how was what was the first thing you guys kind of did to start talking about what you guys were going to do? Uh, I've always considered sharing a meal to be the best way to speak to each other, and it's now become uh, infamous. I mean, I've ra- ranted and raved about it for years, but uh, like shameless plug for a local Pearlies, they do this this meal that's called a fish board, and it is it is this massive platter on like a cutting board that it just has like homemade pickled vegetables and 
fish and, and bagel. And so I we met up and immediately I was like, have you had this before? And <laughs> so that's that's kind of where uh, we first met. And our first meeting, I think, was awesome. Like we instantly were clicking and it felt uh, just great to be talking and getting to know each other. And the thing that I came forward with is uh, I, weirdly enough, my friend Rosetta, who apparently you've talked to before, he said uh, that you guys had a uh, like really strong uh, and difficult conversation, but he's, he found an immense value from it. But he, two weeks earlier to all this, uh, was trying to make murals happen, like I think here or there, found like one or two places, was trying to, he asked me personally to paint a portrait of Marcus David Peters and it was going to be on the side of diversity thrift and apparently just couldn't get it rolling. And, and that sort of thought stayed in the back of my head. So the first thing I came forward with was uh, offering to do a portrait of Marcus and combining it with the thoughts of um, Wabi Sabi, which is a, a Japanese philosophy that's exploring the beauty of brokenness. And so I noticed Joe was doing a lot of the not the circle of life. I'm thinking of the Lion King. Flower of life. And I noticed that I was in a lot of work and I, I thought kind of like a disruption in that in that pattern and emphasizing with this and it being memorialized and it, it sort of be uh, a really powerful place to do it. So that was just my starting point and it's very loose. Like I don't want to be too solid about any plans going forward. And uh, Joe definitely has her many ways. And we went we went back forth back and forth a lot. And a lot of times it was pretty tough. Um, but granted, I think that's how really the most fruitful thoughts can come about. Yeah. And you can definitely testify <laughs> to that. <laughs> now, I remember uh, getting connected with you as uh, we were introduced by text messages. Yep. Um, and you had mentioned that you wanted to do Marcus David Peters, a portrait of him um, via text before we met up. Uh, I didn't have any solid ideas at the time. I was hoping that we would, like, talk, get to know each other in the limited time that we had. I think we found out maybe two weeks before yeah. it was time to actually paint. <laughs> right. You guys it was like, he got to paint in two weeks. it was weeks. actually less than two what, weeks, it wasn't it? It was like a was. week and three days or four days. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it was closer to that. Crunch time. And... I'll admit, I was like, I was a little nervous. I never actually done a co collaboration before this. I had worked with other artists, but it was to to help push forward their ideas. It was to to pretty much. I wasn't involved in a design process. It was just get the art on the walls. Uh, so this was this was different. I had a say <laughs> for this, and I, I was excited about it. I knew that I wanted to speak on, touch on a subject that was kind of focused on the the cycle that we've been going through for decades, longer, maybe centuries, I don't know. Like right now we are in a place where everyone is focused on on this one center subject, like the, the George Floyd incident kind of woke everyone up versus a small segment and everyone was aware of this, but this isn't the first time it happened. We went through civil rights before. Um, so I, I, rem I know that even though I didn't have a solid subject of what I wanted to paint yet, I knew I wanted to touch on that of just like, hey, guys, we've been here before. This time, can we just kind of remember that uh, things aren't necessarily perfect just because things get quiet? So mm. I guess for me, I just wanted to have people focus on that on that particular thing. Like, right. let's not get comfortable even if we get some small achievements such as back <laughs> with the civil rights, we had uh, segregation. 
yeah, that's a great start, but mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't resolve everything. So let's let's not get comfortable with one achievement. Let's keep going. Let's keep striving. Yeah. I, also, like, I'm totally re- responsible <laughs> for putting you guys in that hard situation. You guys, I, I, you you really deserve a medal because <laughs> to collaborate on something in like a week and a half, it was a little bit longer than a week, but <laughs> in a week and a half, that that was that was amazing. Because I can remember like Joe calling me like, this is tough. This is tough. And I'm just privy to that because I work with Joe a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started... When she did call me with that, I was like, hey, this is I started thinking like, wait, this this is the mission, though. The mission is for it to be tough. Is it? It's not. It's really isn't. You know, some teams will or collaborations will do this work and it'll be seamless to them. But to be honest, to, to really dig deep, you're two different people. You're coming together almost like a marriage, like you're coming together and talking about two different things. And one of the things that I, one of my, I guess you can say one of my talking points about mending walls is like, you know, we all are all screaming the same like catch line, like Black Lives Matter, right? But that means different things to different people. So in that week, right? In that week, I know you were, and and we had, uh, Ian and I had had a conversation about like, hey, I really want to do something with uh, Marcus Davis Peters how do I reach out to the family? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, start, yeah. I immediately like just did a little bit of research and found his sister's name, right? Princess. Yeah. Princess, his sister's name. It was like, here, here's her name. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go run off with it. Weirdly and, enough, that's enough to work with, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That gives me something. <laughs> exactly. And I was actually looking on Facebook and maybe I did find her, but I, it was so many princesses. I was like, this is his job. Why am I? Do, why am I? Why am I doing that? So I found her name and was like, "Here." Uh, and then I was, I was immediately kind of taken back to hear that you had found, you had found her, and you talked to her. What was that process like? How how did you when you re- reached out to her? How was that? Uh, I was just straight loving, honestly. It yeah. was, I mean, no other way to describe it. It was just instantly like, "Oh my god, yes!" Like, and I was, I was just like. My whole thing was was not starting it without like there's no way I'm going to do a portrait of Marcus without explicit permission. Like I, I was going to refuse like if it's a say it was a good idea, it was a brilliant idea or if like the mural was like re- we were fully done with the design. and was like ready to go. But they say, hey, actually, like that's not OK. Like I would hard stop. So that was one of those those things that I that it was necessary in order to do it. But that when I reached out, it was just absolute acceptance right away. Um, I, I shared them with my work, and I sent them the uh, the final mural mural design before when it was just flat and graphic and missing a lot of its its details and how it eventually turned out. And they were like, "Oh my God, can't wait!" And sent them like a couple update uh, photos along the way. And uh, in the end, ended up uh, being like, "Hey, you guys should like come here and and see it, and I'd be happy to show it to you." And so. They came through and came through with his uncle, Jeffrey, who's apparently been out in the, the circle that's become known as Marcus David Peter Circle around the Robert E. Lee statue. And apparently he's there every day um, just engaging people and open and having conversations is, and a lot of stuff like they, they don't want to hear and uh, telling other people things that they don't want to hear. But that's a that's a big part of the conversations is happening in general. And so when they saw it, I mean, Princess was like she had like. 
tears in her eyes and I don't know, they were just, they were just moved by it. It was very, it was very rewarding. And, um, I got to talk to them about Joe and our process and mm-hmm. what was going on and like how much they've been fighting the fight. I mean, exactly like what Joe says, like this is these struggles going on in these battles. This isn't something that just all of a sudden started. Like right, this is something right. that's been a repetitious, uh, I mean, throughout human history, you could say that it's constantly been a struggle for human rights or even being treated as human. So to see, them go through this experience, and I've become very familiar with Marcus's story, especially after completing the mural. Like, I thought I was, you know, up to date, essentially, with, like, what was going on. But, I mean, there, there's so much, often a word I think about is, or found out about recently, is a word called sonder. Uh, and it means the sudden realization that every person walking by you that is a stranger has a life equally as complex and bizarre as your own. And so the moment it's someone is like a symbol out there or it's just a story, like a news headline, it's like, oh, it's just a name. And like, I'm sure they have family and stuff. And like, obviously, it strikes the human cores of you like what a tragedy, something like that's happened. But you don't realize the extent in which their life is f- fully fleshed out. They have full stories, you know, every single part of it. It's it's tough to grapple with walking down the street. It's almost like you have to narrow your focus in order to just walk down the street and not be encapsulated by the complexity of reality. So uh, something something like that was, uh, it was tough to do, and I, I felt the extra emphasis in order to get it right. Because uh, it, it was, ugh, believe it or not, it was my first portrait that I've done. And so doing that, I had the, in the back of my head, and I told Joe this multiple times, <laughs> that I kept having the uh, completely irrational thought that his family was going to walk in and be like, what did you do? Why does it look like that? So I'm like, oh, my God, I have to There's a this There's right. a lot of accountability in painting someone, especially someone who, you know, is a figure here in Richmond like Marcus Davis Peters and, and is around the racial, you know, the racial justice mm-hmm. Uh, platform, you know, as the head of the racial justice platform here in Richmond right now. But Joe, so with Ian kind of being like focused on Marcus Davis Peters and you having to kind of come up with your own words, your own story into that, how did you kind of handle that? How did you handle that? First, I had to familiarize myself with Marcus David Peters. I had, of course, heard of him, but I didn't take the time to know the details of the story um, prior to working with Ian. And for that, from from researching different reports, articles, uh, speaking with activists, local activists who are on the street, and just hearing everything that's going on around this case, I was kind of inspired by the story as far as Clearly, there was some sort of mental health issue involved. It was not handled in a way that was just humane. And it's, it's, a, it's difficult. It's a difficult situation altogether. For me, I took the inspiration from that because I've, so I've dealt with mental health issues in my family. Um, so the, the, the story of him breaking down in such a way was it hit close to home. And for me, it just made me realize that the overall bigger picture of how many people are suffering, like the the stigma of mental health just stops people from getting the help that they need. Rather, it's because they are uncomfortable with it. They don't, they're not even aware that they're suffering from any sort of mental health or issues or uh, not being 
able to access the help that they need. I realized how common it was, especially within the black culture. I I don't pretend to know what was going on with him. I can't say. But I have witnessed it happen to several people, rather it be the people that I'm related to or not. And it made me do more research into learning about historical trauma that just a series of events, a series, the the things that happen because of an oppressive government and the things that just go, you know, there, there are literally laws that prevent you from growing, you from achieving anything, from achieving the quote-unquote American dream. Um, the system is just against you. And anytime you feel like you take one step forward, you get voters' rights, you get the, the right to, to own property. Um, there's things like redlining that says, oh, you can own property. <laughs> Good luck getting it, though. Um, and it's just several things that, that gets passed down over generations. And so for me, I just took that, the, the, his story really inspired me to talk about the historical trauma that um, culturally culturally, black people have to deal with, especially in America. And so where did that lead you? Like, where did that lead you in your piece? So for me, it was trying to represent that as a whole. When I, when I do my paintings, I don't like to paint. I, I typically avoid painting any particular individual because I want everyone to see themselves. And I mentioned before that I always paint from the feminine perspective because it's the perspective I naturally understand the best. Uh, so I chose to include or to try to express the overall story of historical trauma, the overall story, history, uh, and touch bases, like including symbols that would make people wonder like, or question like, hey, what does that symbol mean? And things that make you want to learn and do your own research to figure out the narrative that I was trying to explain um, while also directing, um, directing the attention back to Marcus David Peters, the portrait that Ian painted. So, yeah, that was just my approach to it since. Yeah. So kind of describe what your overall piece looks like, because. I mean, this is this is a podcast, so we can't see it. But (laughs) but I mean, so you were just you were just talking about the there's like a there's a I'll let you you all explain it. So I I have painted a figure of a woman uh, looking kind of just off in the distance. Uh, She is on the left side of the mural. Uh, Her hair is in the natural state. It can be it kind of looks like uh, her hair is locked or as people like to call it, dreadlocks. I prefer not to say and that word. And windswept. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> so her hair is kind of flowing um, in the wind, and uh, it's adorned in these symbols. Uh, the symbols, the idea for the symbols came from Ian. Um, he had, in his first sketch, had included a couple of symbols, and I was like, I like that idea. Um, and then I, I was also inspired by the, the recent enactment of the uh, Crown Act in Virginia, which is a law that bans discrimination based on natural hair. So and that's near and dear to me. If you, you can't see me on the podcast, but if you, if you ever see me, you'll see my hair is big and fluffy and very natural. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I, I wanted to emphasize the hair and the, his, the history of of what black people had had to go through through her natural hair 
um, simply because I actually find it appalling that a law in 2020 needs to be passed that bans discrimination against hair in the workplace or school. And again, including symbols that would that would lead you to question certain things. Like some symbols are very, very obvious. Um, there's the symbol of the Christian cross included. Uh, there is the caduceus. Caduceus staff. That's right. <laughs> I said it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> I have a hard time pronouncing that. But <laughs> the, it's a very familiar symbol that um, you'll see included in um, on ambulances and hospitals and medical facilities. But I actually, I actually debated, um, Ian, about including that symbol um, because America has misused it. It's actually a symbol. What is, what is it actually? It's the staff of Hermes. So he's the messenger god. Yes. Yes. So, and it, it was confused for the rod of Asclepius. Of Asclepius, that's right. I, I am learning. Which is the actual medical symbol <laughs> of Asclepius, meaning the the Greek god of well-being, mental health, and physical fitness, which is just one snake, whereas the um, the, rod, the caduceus staff is two snakes with wings coming out the top. So it's like a it's almost like an interesting misuse of symbols, but there's a familiarity of it uh, based on just repetition. It's almost like it just became uh, with new meaning just through the act of uh, putting it in a different context. So us us putting the rod, which is actually one of the big things that allowed our our two uh, different ideas to mesh. Which uh, in the museum, uh, on the closer a little closer to the right side, there's a, a column. Um, from the actual uh, wall of the museum that they built around uh, that has the, the rod of Asclepius on it that actually kind of serves as, as sort of like a, almost like a visual separation, but also it ties it together in a weird way. So it's like the bouncing of Joe's symbols throughout the hair and, and the history, which is also ending on um, the Sankofa, which is a symbol that I learned uh, thanks to Joe, which is, um, it's from Ghana. Uh, there's a symbol of a little bird looking to its behind, and it has like a, an egg in its mouth, right? And it's, uh, it basically means uh, the understanding of the past in order to have a fruitful future, which I think is, is encapsulates sort of the, the big idea of what the mural is, um, especially as it relates to, to more present things. And so the whole thing has got sort of a, a Greco-Roman orange or even it's been, I've seen, I found it in like African clay art too. It has the, that color as the background, and uh, like a, a more reddish clay uh, of the flower of life um, kind of undulating back and forth throughout the whole piece. And the whole thing is framed by the, the Greek knot, which is um, a, in, in the way that we did it, the symbol doesn't end. Um, so I, th- I thought that was a, a good understanding to a, a lot of what Joe's talking about, that this being a continuous cyclical fight for human rights. And so it being the, a continuous struggle, a continuous symbol uh, kind of unending, framing the whole thing, I thought was like a, a nice uh, kind of period on the end of the sentence that, that frames the whole. You know. Man, that, that, that's so much Can you deeper. see it in your mind? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so much deeper than, I mean, as someone who's seen who's seen it, but to hear you guys explain it, it's so much deeper than I thought <laughs> than I thought it was. And that's, uh, it's fascinating, especially the mending of uh, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like the Greek and um, African symbols mm-hmm. is beautiful. It, it kind of serves the mural also in a context, especially being in a museum. I feel like that that subject of sort of the cross, the sharing, uh, 
of cultures within spaces. I mean, that's one of the things that why America is so ridiculously unique in that sense is because there's all these cultures sort of melting together and, and creating new dialogues. Like, yeah, what's that's going why on I right like now? with working with Ian, like the so his style from what I could get what I could gather in about a week <laughs> uh, was that he's heavily influenced by the Greco style. Um, and I take a lot of influence from the African style. And so one of the things that excited me was like learning. I already knew the history of the Greeks and the Egyptians often trading ideas and influencing one another. So I really wanted to tie that into our piece as well. And I think we did so beautifully, if I say so myself. Um, <laughs> I was I was excited to melt those two things together. Well, guys, your your piece turned out great. Uh, I learned so much more about it than I, than I knew. <laughs> uh, and it honestly, it, it, it actually makes it even more special to me because from everything from the color to like all of those symbols, I just I just think that there are symbols in there that, and again, meshing both Greco and African mm -hmm. cultures together, I think was perfect. Um, but thank you guys for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You guys will always be the first kickoff, <laughs> <laughs> the first kickoff of the Mending Walls project. Your project leaves the Virginia Museum of History and Culture in the end of September, but we're gonna to try to find another location for the piece. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working Sweet. on it. Sweet. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, Ham, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity, man. Oh, really... No problem. I'm glad that you guys got to be a part of it. And I can't, hopefully, this this goes a little bit further. Uh, but thank you guys for being a, a part of this, this podcast, too. And it was great hearing about your story. Thank, thank you. you. This podcast was produced by Pam Hervey and Hamilton Glass, with support by Todd Hervey, Whitney Whiting, and George Parker. Mending Walls was created by Hamilton Glass and supported by the Community Foundation for Greater Richmond and Altria Group. Information on this project can be found at the website www.mendingwallsrva.com. Please keep listening for details on when and where you can see the one-hour documentary on Mending Walls to be broadcast on public television. You can listen to other episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.